Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so excited that today I have Janet, who has been nominated for a Game Changer Award with me to talk a little bit more about the great work that she's doing. Sherry has nominated her, and I have Janet here with me right now so that we can all learn more about the amazing work that she's doing with Saluki. So Janet, congratulations on your Game Changer Award, and thanks for joining me today. Oh, we're incredibly honored. Um, Uh I'm speechless, hardly know what to say. So thank you right back. Uh, Well, I'm so excited. Uh, This entire Game Changer platform, I really wanted to do something during COVID to be able to the whole world to see that even though during dark times, we've got these amazing lights, these humans that are in the trenches doing hard work and continuing to do everything they can for the animals locally in different parts of the world. And it has been such a blessing for me to meet so many amazing people working all around the world with oftentimes certain species or certain types of animals that are that resonate with them, that they're very passionate about. And I know that that's true for you as well. So Janet, for listeners and readers that don't know about the work that you're doing, how about if you back up and start from the beginning about how you got involved with rescue? Absolutely. Um, I actually have been exposed to sighthounds or the sighthound group of dogs most all of my life. Um, My first introduction was as a young girl and my cousin had Afghans. So I would help during the summers with their Afghans. As I became an adult, my passion actually morphed into Salukis. And in my opinion, um, totally my passion, but in my opinion, There's no other dog in the world for me, but they're not a dog for everyone. And and I'll probably go into that a little bit later. Um, In, I would say, like the late 90s, there was no rescue group for Salukis on a national basis. So um, one of my colleagues, a person I've known, we actually shared littermates together, Um, she knew in her mind that there was a great need for Saluki Rescue, that's Sherry Fearman. And in 2000, May 2000, Stola, the Saluki Tree of Life, actually became a bona fide 501c3 rescue organization for Saluki dogs. Um, A couple of months, she commandeered me and another colleague of ours to join the group. And from there, I mean, we've just blossomed. It's been 22 years. And I look back, Dr. Becker, and I think, my goodness, where have these 22 years gone? Except maybe on my face. (laughs) Well, Um, it's so wonderful. So wonderful. And it's a passion of all of ours, I think, like-minded people, obviously. Um, So in starting out STOLA, the Saluki Tree of Life, we patterned it after a chaotic principle, and that's that we would divide the country into three different regions, have a regional coordinator, and let each regional coordinator make their own decisions about where their Salukis would, once we got a Saluki into rescue, where their Salukis would go, who would foster them, find transportation, raise funds, and 
you know, be vetted. We see a veterinarian um, and try to make sure that the dog is as healthy as human, as dog, as caninely as possible when it goes to their final destination. Um, So we rely in we rely so much on our regional coordinators to be able to take the ball and run with it. Mm -hmm. And I started out as a regional coordinator for the mountain region. So we have the Eastern, the mountain and the West. Mm -hmm. And I've just continued in that role for 22 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I could shoot myself, but most times it's wonderful. (laughs) So (laughs) um, it's an incredible amount of devotion passion and time as is with any rescue Mm -hmm. so that's sort of the basics of how stola what stola is and how stola started we over the course of 22 now coming up on 23 years have rescued i don't know about a thousand salukis so and we're very small i mean really really small small um, group of like-minded people, but we've rescued about a thousand Salukis. Wow. Um, we have uh, today 1,200 plus people in our volunteer database. <sighs> and that's another thing. We're an all volunteer yes. organization. Amazing. Um, we all devote our time, our money, our energy, uh, our passion to, to Stola and making sure that these dogs land on their feet. Yes. Um, and we've, you know, I, I hate to think that any dog has to be rescued, but let's face it. I mean, every day there are thousands and thousands that are dumped on the streets. Yep. And the Saluki is such, it's, I don't want to sound elitist, but it is a very different type of dog. Completely um, different. They're, they're, they're dogs. And then what, and honestly, what I, I say they're dogs and then there are sight hounds. And I do, I, I mean that respectfully, but when my clients, like when my clients come to me for breed counseling and many people I think are attracted to sight hounds, Afghans and Salukis, both majestic and beautiful and incredibly different than other breeds of dogs. And that's something I think, Janet, that not everyone, people fall in love with the look of a dog and you need to meet many uh, of, you know, many, many, if you're interested in a Saluki, I think you need to meet many Salukis so that you are aware of just how different they are. And I think that that's really important. So do you find, I have a bunch of questions, but do you Mm -hmm. find over the last 23 years, people that that specifically go out to purchase a Saluki, let's say through a breeder, and then end up through a bunch of circumstances, sometimes not, sometimes lose a job, the owner dies, things happen where animals need to go into rescue. But what's the ratio of circumstances that people that are outside of their control, that they have no control of, that allows their dog to unfortunately have to go into rescue versus people getting a Saluki puppy and then realizing between six months and a year and a half, oh my gosh, I didn't know what I was in for. And then into rescue, they go, what's the, if you think like generally speaking, how much of this is people not recognizing the incredibly sensitive, intelligent breed that they're dealing with? Uh, 100% of the Salukis that we have rescued, for instance, um, 
couple of weeks ago, we just heard of a Saluki that was dumped in the middle of a blizzard in Wyoming, um, just kicked out of the truck and left on the side of the road. And she was incredibly hard to catch, but we ended up getting her. She's with a foster home of mine in Colorado now. Those circumstances happen all the time, Dr. B. And I... I will say our breeder community for Salukis are so supportive and for the most part, now I'm not going to say all, but for the most part, those breeders know where their dogs went, stay in touch with the people that have their dogs. So we don't get a lot of returns from people who bought a dog from a breeder and contacts stolen. Okay. Now we we do work with breeders and we help them find homes for dogs that come back to them. Um, but for the most part, ours come from shelters, come from sheriffs calling us, um, okay. hoarding situations. There yeah. we had to take care of forty nine Salukis oh on the East Coast in the early two thousands, which. We'd just formed as an organization. Wow. And it was incredible what the community did helping us with those dogs. Wow. So so a hundred percent of our dogs come from 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 unfortunate misunderstood standing. And then if we trace that back one more step. Uh-huh. Probably many of those, Janet, coming then from puppy mills, poorly bred dogs that yes. you know that aren't necessarily that no one is checking on the uh, the capabilities of the home, the resources of the home, the knowledge of the home. None of that is being done with puppy mills. So then that makes sense as to why you've had a thousand Salukis over the last couple of decades. That's a lot of dogs. My goodness. Especially so, for a rare breed. I yes, agree. very. It is for a very rare breed. So then is part of, because they are rare and incredibly unique, part of probably what you also then do on the back end after you get them safe into a foster home is uh, helping perspective adopting families understand the breed that they're going to potentially, you know, fall in love with, because I think understanding the differences and their uniqueness is is really important. And, and we do. Yeah. Um, We, we vet our homes incredibly well. So good. We, as a group, we have rules and regulations and fencing is a requirement. Now, a lot of people don't agree with that, but those people don't really understand that a rescue is not going to completely settle into a home for months and even years, Yes, um, depending upon what situation they come from. So mentoring, and we do it all throughout the process. And that, so that was another thing that I, I really want to touch on, watching a dog or watching a Saluki that we've taken under our care go into a home, eventually go into a home, and watching what they look like a year and two and three years later, it's just, well, their transformation, take it takes my breath away. So, yeah. um, So, yes, mentoring is a huge part of what we do. 
Well, and you maybe just answered my second question. My second question is, what do you love most about the work that you do? But that transformation, watching an animal relax into a safe, loving environment, enough that they feel comfortable to become the fullest potential of what is in them is breathtaking. And that has to be maybe not your favorite, but that has to be an amazing part of what you do. Oh, I, I think I think that's the only reason I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. is to, to be able and and I've I've fostered many over the years. Um we we got we had another hoarding situation in Atlanta in I wanna say maybe two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. And there were um it was about the same time that um, Michael Vick had his issues. They had a ton of pit bulls coming in to Atlanta into their shelter. And on top of that, 17 Salukis. Well, quite frankly, I didn't believe that there were 17 Salukis that were going into an animal control, but you know, hence photographs prove me wrong. Um, I ended up taking one of those girls. Well, I fostered two and placed one, ended up taking one of those. And this poor little thing, you we couldn't touch her for two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could not touch her. So we had a process of feeding her by hand and, you know, doing some unique things with her and letting her make her own decision to come yes. let yes. me pet her. And it finally happened. And I tell you, I cried all afternoon. Yeah. I sat on the ground as she was making circles around me. And so that's what it's all about for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she lived the rest of her life out with me yeah. and loved, loved being in her pack and loved being with us. So that's what I love. I love being able to help a Saluki find their way to a home and watch that transformation. That's what it's all about. That passion it, with me and with whomever adopts the dog too. Yeah. Um, and there was something else. I, oh, oh, and this little female I had, she was the least athletic Saluki that mm. you would ever think of. This mm. girl could flat-footed jump a six-foot fence. Wow. Well, that was a dilemma. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I have six foot fencing, but, um, but I would have to walk her the perimeter of the fence for weeks on end until I let her off lead. And then I never really let her off lead. She would have a long lead on it. Long lead. Yeah. 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 So once she settled in, she literally would hike off lead with me, but don't tell anybody I said that. Yeah. But isn't, isn't that just it is breathtaking to be able to see an animal that is shut down and had like horrific previous to coming into adoption, horrific life, horrific circumstances, just unspeakable existence. And then given the opportunity with a loving home and the patients and a caring caretaker to be able to give the animal the time and space they need to unfold at a pace that allows them to gain trust and feel respected, that transformation is life-changing for those in rescue. And of course, it's why we do it. And for you, it has to be um, 
especially wonderful because you're doing it with a breed that is foundationally, I think, so misunderstood. They're just a very misunderstood breed. So I think it's really fantastic that you have a nationwide network then of people volunteering to help get the word out, educate, and appropriately place this very rare, ancient, beautiful, shy, reserved, brilliant, and unique breed of dog. Janet, do you, um, how, if people wanted to learn more about where to go to like Salukis that are in foster care or to learn more about what you do, where would people go? Like what website would people go to or Facebook page or how do you get the word out? You just took the words right out of my mouth, actually. Um, Speaking of Sherry Fearman again, she actually wrote a book called Only Angels, Mm -hmm. and it's how to live with, train, and understand Salukis. Mm -hmm. Now, that's morphed into sighthounds, and we encourage everyone who's interested in either adopting or even looking at a breeder to buy our book. Now, that's fundraising. And um, we couldn't do fundraising without social media today, but we also couldn't do many of the things that we do. We couldn't find transportation or uh, foster homes if we didn't have social media and a large group of network of people willing to help stolen. So any of the information, and there, there, there is a ton of information on our website, can be found at www.stola.org. And we also have a Facebook, which is the same Facebook page called Stola, S-T-O-L-A, and it's Saluki Tree of Life Alliance. So any and all information, and we're very good at responding to anyone on Facebook or um, Instagram. We're on Instagram now. So um, we're excellent at responding and helping people try to determine if this might be a breed for them mm-hmm. um, or determining that it will not be a breed for them. Yeah. So um, important, such important work that you're doing. Oh, really. Thank you. So important. So Janet, you've been doing this now a long time and you've seen a lot of dogs go into magnificent forever homes and you are continuing to save dogs out of dire circumstances and uh, allowing them to have a second chance at, at life. Now that you're kind of veteran uh, in this space, if you could share one bit of wisdom or a piece of knowledge or a thought or an idea or a concept, if you could share one thing with the world, Janet, what would it be? Oh, this probably what I'm going to say is not unique, but uh, you know, in a in a perfect world, I think that we all would like to live in a perfect world where dog dogs aren't found on the street. Um, that are taken care of and when adopted that they stay in those adoptive homes Um, there again that's a perfect world and you know there again that's the reason that Stola exists Mm -hmm. but my piece of advice would be do your homework Mm -hmm. decide if this particular breed of dog is for you and your family Um, and go to dog shows Um, Go anywhere where you can find groups of dogs and try to get to know a breed if that's what you're interested in adopting. Mm -hmm. Um, And one other thing, Dr. Becker, we 
I bet we've only had two rescues returned to us. One was from the death of a woman that we had placed a dog with. And then the other was someone who was far too ill to take care of the dog. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just have a huge success rate. And I think it's because of our vetting process. Yes. So, you know, learn, learn, learn. That's my piece of advice. And good for the entire organization for recognizing that that final piece uh, of placing a dog correctly and well and appropriately aligned into the correct home with the correct resources and family dynamic and training, you have really done uh, incredible work as an organization to make sure that your return rate is as low as it is. And that's wonderful as well, that you are not, your goal is not to get all the animals placed. Your goal is to get the right dog in the right home with the right people. And that is uh, an important piece of having such a wild success rate slash minimal return rate, which is also a reflection of your organization, which is wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Janet. Thank you. Congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Thank you so much for recognizing us again. I so appreciate it. It's really wonderful. It's heartwarming that we have these amazing organizations around the world doing all that they can to save animals that are close to their heart. And certainly you are well-deserving of the Game Changer Award. I love very much that I had the opportunity today to learn more about you and the organization. So thanks, Janet. Thank you, Dr. Becker. That's a perfect interview. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Now, 